0: You're talking with Ann on News Talk 1492.3 WOND. Everyone, this is Ann Baker on Talking with Ann on News Talk 1492.3 WOND. Call in line 609-927-1100. And before Brian Fitzherbert and I get to issues, I promised everyone that I would have a way for them to perhaps reach out Um and I would go to Atlanta County Prosecutor's Office. It's under Criminal Justice Career Series. And registration is required. Email outreach, O U T R E A C H, outreach at A C P O dot org o-r-g <clears throat> so that's outreach at a-c-p-o dot org go on your cell phone or your computer and find out so you can register because there is limited seating and it's going to be a fabulous discussion a panel discussion you'll be able to ask questions and it may um, I don't know it may induce you to uh, look further into it uh, particularly if you're looking for a job or a new job. So, <clears throat> Brian, good morning and welcome. How the
1: heck are you? Good morning, and Thanks for having me on.
0: I know. It's always uh, my pleasure and uh, the good, I don't know what you would call it, but my listeners love to hear you. So, there you go. Uh, and you're here and I thank you because I know that its it's not easy and I'm wondering whether or not we have our own little Luke uh, around. Um, but I was talking about the Atlantic County Young Republicans and women and how important it is that young women and young men get involved in the Atlantic County Young Republican Club. And you're, you lead that, Brian, and you are the bright light uh, for politics in our area, you do your research, you speak the truth, you you go to places maybe where people don't want you to go to find the truth, you speak to people all over uh, New Jersey, and um, what do you think is happening in our own county or among our own constituents here in uh, South Jersey that uh, keeps them From becoming part of the process, the Democrat, the Democratic Republican process.
1: So that's a that's a great question. And the fact of the matter is I have firsthand experience talking to many, many young adults about this very subject. And unfortunately, there's been an atmosphere that's been created that makes it very um, discouraging for young adults to get involved. Number one, obviously, because we live in such a politically toxic uh, environment in 2024, young adults are concerned about the impacts to their career. Are they in a picture on social media? Uh, does someone find out that they attended a Republican meeting, regardless if it's Young Republican, Federation of Republican Women, or, or the, the county organization, um, that might impact their career? Or might impact uh, the prospects of colleagues. And the same can be said with regard to social circles, Mm. right? There might be individuals that don't want to talk politics like you and I do all the time, right? That when that does happen, it creates a lot of fissures within social circles, So you've got career, you've got social circles, then you've got even more so the family divisions, right? There are those that have very, very divided families that unfortunately um, don't look past the politics and focus on uh, what divides them. And that gets very heated. So maybe they don't want to have that impact. And then so those are the things that are discouraging. And then there's the challenges in terms of people's schedules, because young adults, they're they're getting uh, their groove on with regards to their career, or maybe they're having challenges with their career. Um, and that's what they want to focus on. And that's where their time is because again, we all have limited time. And then there's those that are starting young families, get, being able to get away from uh, your children or having your spouse support for a couple hours so that you can pop out for a meeting or even get a babysitter. And so you have all of these challenges that are, politically environment driven, as well as just life challenges that, you know, people are busy. And I get that. And that's what makes it really, really hard uh, to get people to come out. And it's funny because I have a lot of network relationships, communication with all these individuals, because even when we have events like we did on Wednesday which was great. We had a great Republican women panel. We had a great turnout from support from both YRs and regular Republicans, as well as a handful of elected officials that I appreciate uh, is the sheer fact that I get text messages in the hour before from those that um, had a, had a conflict or a challenge. and I'm like, Oh, I'm not gonna be able to make it. Please keep me posted for future events or, you know, the few hours after the event or even the day after. So there's still that network. There's still that relationship and that connection. It's just very difficult to get them out. And I would say the other piece of it is, notwithstanding like events that I have with young Republicans, but even regular Republican events, the cost of a ticket um, is a lot more than a lot of young adults have for disposable income. And there are some chairs in South Jersey that give discounts to YRs to events that pump. YRs to certain events but as you know whenever I go to events I'm nine times out of ten I'm usually the youngest person in the room in any Republican event in South Jersey and that needs to change but there's also the very real challenges of life that create the atmosphere uh, that kind of like I said that discourages as well as uh, the challenges from a time standpoint and then the last piece I would say is you know, amplifying the politically toxic environment that there is, you know, it's not just the issue-based arguments, but there's also the organizational, both sides of the aisle, where, you know, there is that notion of, guess what? You can't play in the sandbox because we don't like you. Or we don't want you in the sandbox because we don't like what you do elsewhere. So there's all these very strong challenges. And again, this is why... I I believe young adults in general just kind of slap their hands together and say, you know what, this is not worth my time, even though, as we've talked about, your listeners know that all these things happen on the municipal level, on the county level, on the state level, on the federal level. It all affects our lives. And some people that are disengaged or not involved, they're the ones that are likely to just pick up and leave and, and vote with their feet and go to another state.
0: Well, I, I wouldn't blame them here in New Jersey <clears throat> with the kind of, of uh, tax taxes that are put upon uh, small business, uh, put upon each and every one of us, our school taxes, uh, et cetera. Uh, we are – you know, every time the tax bill comes in, whether it's quarterly or however you want it done, we find out just how much in taxes we have to pay on uh, – salaries that aren't going up in fact with the inflation they've gone down so we we don't see where our money is going usually yeah. we may be uh, we may uh, know that there are school boards out there that handle millions and millions of dollars if you think school boards only only take care of students and their needs they take care of the physical buildings of uh, the courts of the uh, outside fields, uh, everything is um, is done usually and approved by the boards of education. So they have a heavy load on them. But by the same token, you expect the board of education when it comes to the students uh, that are affected by what the board says, that they would be totally transparent because it's the parents of these students in fact, it's everyone in the community whose money is paying for that education. Yeah. So why wouldn't they be transparent? Why wouldn't they tell you what you need to know about what your children are learning in school? What the state demands that they teach in school so that you can make a decision whether or not to keep your child in the public school. I mean, there are so many things just in our own communities, that we should have a say in, but because people in power want to keep it for themselves, they make it difficult to get the information that we need. What what can we do to change that?
1: Yeah, so peeling on that onion a little further, that kind of ties into uh, – another reason why people leave right you know if you are not in a position financially to because you don't like what your children are being exposed to public school wise and you're not in a financial position to send them to private school parochial school whatever you want to call it that's yet another reason why they'll bolt for another state that's more favorable and likely a red state and not what i continue to allude that new jersey is on the path of failed blue state status that massachusetts and california and illinois have been suffering for years and how do you change that and that's this is where elected officials i don't i don't care what side of the aisle are. the elected officials should be able to have that transparency to provide the roadmap the access to be able to answer any of these questions and if there are challenges um and there there's A resistance to parent involvement, which unfortunately, if people were paying attention what happened in Trenton this week, obviously there is a slap in the face of every parent uh, that wants to be involved in their child's education by the majority uh, in Trenton, which is the Democrats, with regard to protecting parental rights and making sure that they have full control over what their children are exposed to. And if something doesn't measure up with their values, that they have a right to either pull their child or not expose their child to this stuff in a public school system. And it's getting involved. It's that engagement. And a lot of times, unfortunately, you know, most people don't get involved in politics until after their kids have gone off to school. They have more time, they're empty nesters, whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, they're not dealing with the same challenges that they did maybe 10, 20 years before. And that's why you have to be engaged while this is going on, while it's impacting your child and impacting your family, impacting your community at that time. And unfortunately there are gatekeepers that try to prevent and create barriers from younger adults from getting involved uh, more specifically because it's competition, right? You know, again, at the end of the day, when there's a a sphere of influence or elected office, people don't like competition because they like having the position that they're in. So it's, by and large, to answer your question, it is paying attention, being engaged, and trying to be involved. Um, because if not, what we'll continue to see is an exodus from New Jersey from people that just don't want to tolerate this nonsense anymore.
0: Yeah, and it is nonsense coming down from Trenton, uh, and we we see it we see it daily. You know, taking over the city, Atlantic City, uh, being in charge of the money. Um, being in charge of the streets and doing a, a not paying one bit of attention to the needs of the city, but that happens more often than not. Uh, you are the head of the uh, Atlanta County Young Republican Club, and I must congratulate you because it is a difficult job. You are extremely busy in your own profession, and plus, you've got a family that you uh, actually want to take the time to be with and to uh, help your child grow into the person you want him to be. Is there any way that you can see organizations like your own that want to bring young people into the political system to at least understand what's happening in their communities Is it possible for you to go into the public schools and speak to the student council members uh, who are, of course, those kids that are probably pretty darn smart and understand the value of being an officer in their school? Is there any way that someone like you, someone who is in charge of an organization that has to do with politics, which is critical to everyone, it touches every part of our life. Possible to go into these schools to yeah, have you know, meetings?
1: It's, it's funny you mention that because that was part of my initial plan when I formed the Young Republicans um, nearly six years ago, was to try to find teachers that are Republicans. And there are Republicans that are teachers that are elected in Atlanta County and trying to get access to those schools just to come in for, you know, a 30-minute presentation, either to a classroom uh, or to student council or whatever that may be. And unfortunately, in Atlanta County, uh, that didn't work out uh, as I anticipated, and the barriers to access were significant because the excuse I frequently got was, well, if you bring in the the Atlanta County young Republicans, you got to bring in, you know, the young Democrats. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. But the young Democrats didn't want to do that. So if there wasn't an equal... Um, side to this, there was a challenge to it. Ironically, in Gloucester County, I've been to quite a few schools where I've been invited to speak, not just on um, YR related and the political process, but because of the career that I'm in. Um, so I have been able to do that in other counties. And again, that's where it is. You have to make these relationships with people and that are willing, that have the courage to bring that political process into the school. But again, that ties back to what I said about just challenges with young adults in general. There's a lot of people that are not willing to take that risk or have that courage to bring that in to their career because what happens if that gets impacted? Even tenured teachers. Um and there's challenges. I've been invited to speak at, you know, Rowan and trying to get a hold of Stockton college Republicans every year because there's leadership change is always a challenge. And just trying to create that pipeline, because people, I would say young adults start to pay attention when they get to high school with the political process. And if they get exposed to multiple viewpoints, multiple organizations, etc., that's a very positive thing. And they're not being indoctrinated and brainwashed. And it was funny, because when this happened to me when I was in high school, you know, I had my history teacher dubbed me Super Patriot. And I was like, I, I wouldn't I'm just paying attention and I'm I have a different opinion than 95 percent of the rest of my class. That's either uninformed or indoctrinated. Um, So that is a huge piece. And you can't do this stuff alone. There has to be uh, support and collaboration and not adversarial. And unfortunately, it's more so the later. But schools are part of it. The colleges are part of it. Private schools are part of that. Um, Elected officials or those that are on county committee or those that are in the political process, where are their kids? Where are their grandkids? Where are their nieces and nephews? Why aren't they being brought into the fold? And the answer is either um, they don't live here anymore or they were discouraged from being part of the political process and go focus on something else, your career or your family or something else. And you would think that would be a simple pot to tap into. And I, I joke about that with all the elected officials. Like, where's your kids? Where are your grandkids? Um, you know, have them come out for an event. Have them get involved. And I would say 99% of the time, um, the answer is no.
0: Yeah, because they don't have any control over uh, what's happening to their kids or, more importantly, their grandkids. Their grandkids are involved in other things. And... Uh, and, and, and you know, they're learning how to speak. Um, and uh, uh, certainly the debate clubs that are out there in uh, the better Mama? schools, that's Mama? right, I know, Mama? M- Mama's at work and Daddy's taking care of you. And Luke, you're adorable. Um, and one of these days you'll be able to take him by the hand and bring him to uh, a, a talk that you will be able to give If you are still the president of the Atlanta County Young Republican Club, uh, it's so necessary to get these kids when they're young. I mean, it would be great if an eighth grade class had a debate club where children could be given an issue and all of the uh, refinements of the issue that they could then devote some time in exploring and then sit down and debate it. Two diametrically opposed positions on one issue. And even eighth graders, if you tell them they're smart, will be smart. They'll appreciate the fact that you think they've got what it takes to do the research, to learn how to speak. I mean, they can certainly yell and scream on the, on the playgrounds outside, they can certainly tell people who are on the court or in the field uh, how to do the job better. Uh, they don't have any problems when they're with their friends. So if you could, if you could gar- garnish that kind of, of will having to do with debates about important issues, I think we'd have a masterful um, group of young people who we would be able to see as the upcoming members of our community that are going to be doing good for the people.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, Debate Club is a great way to kind of get that exposure to discussing and or arguing about issues um, that you're passionate about. And as long as you're able to maintain discipline and not go into personal attacks, it's very effective, and that can be skill set that you take throughout the rest of your life, throughout college and throughout a career, Uh, People may go into law and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny when it comes to the involvement or the guidance of the parents. uh, You know, you've heard me say uh, privately multiple times that, you know, my parents have joked that the ultimate uh, measure of their success is whether or not their children turned out to be conservatives. Um, (laughs) And that they were able to pass on those principles and those values. And, again, I, I joke that that's kind of, you know, my there you are Uh, my goal as well (laughs) that's
0: right that's right well we're going to be back after the break please stay with us everyone you're talking with ann on news talk 1492.3 wond good morning everyone this is ann baker and i'm here with my co-host brian fitzherbert on talking with ann and we've got a caller alan uh good morning sir uh you have a question or comment alan are you there
1: Alan, you're on the air. Sorry, we have a little microphone issue here.
0: Okay, well, uh, we are going to
1: uh, perhaps... Yeah, I don't think we can take any calls today. I apologize.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully by Monday uh, when we're back yeah. on air with Not Talking hopefully. with Dan, we will have uh, we will have all, all things going. And... Uh, That's the way we like it, and I know that's the way you like it, because we've gotten some of the most uh, important phone calls from people uh, all over the country who have spoken to issues and have brought light to some of the issues uh, that, uh, you know, we might not have thought about. Uh, In any case, uh, uh, Brian, I've got this, this thing. We all can see that Donald Trump is probably going to be the um, candidate for president for the Republican Party. And we have also seen the persecution and the prosecution of Donald Trump uh, that is uh, out of control. Uh, Angeron, probably the uh, dumbest and one of the most corrupt judges – uh, was given this because he knew before the trial had even begun that Donald Trump was guilty. He said it. The man should be disbarred, and then he should lose his law license, and then and then Donald Trump should sue him. That's what I would like to see. But in the meantime, Engeron who is um, probably going to be considered... Uh, one of the worst people for business in New York City ever, that businesses are going to leave. We've also read about this MAGA truckers, the MAGA truckers, uh, uh, truckers, middle-class guys who do a difficult job transporting goods into the city of New York City. And they've said with this judgment solely on the basis of um, Mr. Angeron's, uh judgment, and, he, and we can see he's got very bad judgment, but solely on that he has decided that Donald Trump is going to pay almost a half a billion dollars in fines. And um, the district attorney there, a woman whose name I, I makes my lips start to quiver, uh, she's looking at the properties of Donald Trump's, that she thinks they might be able to acquire for New York City. What a reputation to be made. However, the maggot truckers who bring all the goods that New Yorkers depend upon have said, we're not going to bring these, <clears throat> these loads into New York City. What do you make of that? Do you think it's actually going to work? And do you think the people of New York will finally turn against the Democrats who simply hate Donald Trump?
1: Yeah, so a lot of things to unfold there and unpack. So your, your first observation with regard to this judge in this um, completely ridiculous uh, fraud case with regard to Donald Trump, the first thing that comes to mind is that fine of nearly half a billion dollars is a very specific number. And my assumption is that he came up with that number when he reviewed financial documents that I'm sure came in and were checked into court. Uh, as evidence of how much Donald Trump's current holdings, et cetera. If I had to take a guess, that's probably what Donald Trump has in cash reserves, much less the rest of the other stuff that he's got tied up that's not liquid. Um, And yes, I agree that Trump, when he wins this on appeal, which he will, through either the appellate or through Supreme Court, and it will overturn it, he should sue this guy into oblivion and bring as much attention to this guy to get disparred as humanly possible because he's human filth. Um, and then tying that into the fact of the impacts of that, I mean, Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary even pointed out that he would never invest in New York uh, State, much less New York City ever again, because it's a loser state, just like Illinois, just like California, Massachusetts, and New Jersey's not far behind, because it's just completely not business friendly. And there's ripple effects of that in the economy. And what you're talking about with these truckers Uh, in particular, you're going to have massive, massive impacts because New York City already has a problem with commercial real estate, 50% um, occupancy, and now you're going to add a potential logistics challenge with regard to getting goods uh, coming into the city, which is already a mess because of how things are done. Because, look, what's being done with Donald Trump is a two-tier justice system. We know that. And regardless if it's Donald Trump... This is what Republicans forget that do not like Donald Trump. If it's not Donald Trump, it'll be the next person. It'll be DeSantis. It'll be Nikki Haley if she survives politically after getting slaughtered tomorrow. Um, Any Republican candidate in the future is going to be attacked with this kind of ridiculousness. And Donald Trump's the only one who's got the wealth to defend himself with regard to that.
0: Well, they're trying to take away his wealth so he can't defend himself. We've seen what they've done to Rudy Giuliani. Uh, uh, All the other supporters of Donald Trump who are willing to speak up in uh, his defense have been uh, brought low by Democrat district attorneys and lawyers who have gone after them with their knives out. And uh, Donald Trump is just – he's at the top of the list, and they haven't yet been able to bring him low They've simply given him prominent attention in the news that he uses it to talk about the evil of the Democrat Party, of the court system, the so-called justice system, and to tell people that he is being persecuted, that he has been persecuted, that they will continue to persecute him, and that he is still running for president.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. And, you know, going back to your initial comment of they're trying to take his wealth away. Of course they are. And again, this is I mean, this is a violation of the Eighth Amendment, number one, because it's just un no one's ever had this kind of fine or this kind of attack using an arcane law that's never been used in court. Um, and the fact that there's no victims, et cetera, et cetera. And they're going to try to go after as well. They're going to try to go after his assets or anything else. Um, And this is this is vicious. This is show me the man and I will find you the crime. Communist banana republic nonsense. And again, the whole point we've talked about your listeners. know the whole point is to damage Donald Trump enough in an election year with uninformed voters so that they don't vote for him. And the fact that this is happening and this is what Kevin O'Leary pointed out, regardless of it's Donald Trump, love, hate doesn't matter. That fact that this happened to somebody, and he pointed out then every single real estate um, individual or businessman in New York City should be tried under this. So, again, this is is getting where it's scary with regard to uh, how business is done, and it's because someone's a conservative.
0: And that's all it has to be. It's why when I call the federal government weaponized – The government is the one who's opening up the border to the criminal element. Every single person who crosses over that border without the proper documentation is, in fact, a criminal. They have broken a law that Joe Biden breaks every time he takes a breath. So we've got to remember exactly what's happening to our country. Donald Trump made our country great again after eight years of Barack Obama trying to flatten our country, bowing to the Muslim leaders throughout the world, uh, and uh, making it very difficult for anyone uh, to uh, maintain health insurance with his, um, the insurance that was passed uh, with uh, Mr. McCain's help. Uh, who was rather traitorous in doing that because of his hate for Donald Trump. Nonetheless, every hardworking middle-class citizen was then the one who had to subsidize all of the people on welfare who, in fact, shouldn't have been on welfare. And now we're seeing that we as American taxpayers, the middle class, the backbone of the economy, is going to be expected to take care of the ten million illegal immigrants criminals that have crossed into our country, gone over our border, and is spreading all kinds of illegalities, including the worst, which has to do with child sex trafficking, something that Mr. Biden took out of the um, the general uh, population's ability to see what was happening in that regard. He made them take that out of the, uh, all of the documentation having to do with, with child sex trafficking. So yeah. y- you know that it is a bad federal government that we are now existing under. And I don't know whether or not people understand it. What issue would you say needs to be brought more to the public so that even Democrats understand? They're next. If they decide they don't like that, what Joe Biden is doing, what Barack Obama is doing to them, like allowing the border to stay open, what do they think is going to happen to them?
1: Yeah, look, the issue is the is illegal immigration. It is an open border. It is chain migration. Um, It's it's the asylum seekers. It's all of it, because if you don't have a border, you don't have country. Right. If we don't have a front door with a lock on our homes, we don't have a home. Uh, That we can protect. So that is the main issue. And look, it's crime, it's the border, it's the economy. Those are the three issues that Republicans should hammer home uh, up and down the ticket. It's that simple. And the sheer fact of this, you know, you talk about just with Joe Biden, this eight to 10 million illegal aliens that have invaded our country, these criminal, these foreign criminal nationals that need to be deported. And that's on top of likely 50 million illegal aliens that have been here since the turn of the century. And again, it's not just that it's costing taxpayers and responsible people in the middle class. It's impacting our hospitals, our, our schools, our our workplaces, all of that. And, you know, you touch upon a few things that we're paying for. What about the sheer fact that Joe Biden, again, is trying to create this notion of loan forgiveness? That's an oxymoron. There is no such thing as loan forgiveness for student loans that took out these loans to pay for college. Loan forgiveness, I'll say it again, is an oxymoron. Someone pays that debt, whether it's the taxpayer, whether it's the bank, whether it's a combination. But somebody is paying that debt because it's money that was allocated and used. So there is no notion of loan forgiveness or debt forgiveness. And again, we're saddled, as well as those that didn't even go to college, that have careers, that are small business owners, that are tradesmen and women, all kinds of stuff. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. And until and look, we've in the last eighteen months, the political, the biggest political win that Republicans have has been what Abbott and other governors have done, which is bus illegal aliens to blue cities and put this at the forefront. That needs to continue until these people wake up and say we have to worry about American citizens first.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's Joe Biden's constitutional duty to protect our borders and to keep the citizens of the United States. That's you and me. That's Scott. That's that's every single person who is a legal citizen of this country to keep us safe. And he's doing the exact opposite. So I, I would defy – I'm hoping next week if there's anyone out there, any Democrat uh, whom I consider the radical by the way who would still vote for Joe Biden. You need to get a life. You need to begin doing your research. You need to begin discovering what Joe Biden and his open border has done to this country. And you need to understand that eventually you're going to be on the hook to pay for all of the needs of these criminals who have crossed into our country. Yeah. And if you're real lucky, one of your children, one of your grandchildren won't die of a fentanyl overdose, won't become an addict because of the people that Joe Biden has allowed into our country. They should begin thinking of it.
1: Take it a step further. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the things that drives me insane about my generation. Um, and I'll, I'll say this as delicately as possible. Mm-hmm. Look at your pay stub. If you're paid every two weeks, look at your pay stub every two weeks, even though you're getting direct deposit. If you're paid monthly, look at your pay stub monthly. Look at where all that money goes from a statewide standpoint, from a federal standpoint. Everyone listening, tell your kids, your grandkids, your nieces and nephews, your friends, look at your pay stub. Because I know a lot of people don't, and it's, that is mind-boggling to me. But look at your pay stub, and look how much you pay in taxes, right? Tax day is coming up on April 15th. Look how much you pay. It would be significantly less if there weren't 60 million illegal aliens in this country, unlawfully, milking government resources, impacting our hospitals, and our healthcare, and impacting our schools, it would be so much less. And this is the, this is the fundamental thing that needs to change. And until people wake up and realize that this is the one and only issue that should be simple, and yet it isn't because it's a political issue that the Democrats will try to take advantage of because they need to find more voters because again to paraphrase churchill if you're not a liberal when you're 20 you have no heart but if you are not a conservative when you're 40 you have no brain yeah. pay attention
0: yeah unfortunately people don't pay attention they they as you said they're involved in their lives they're involved in their children's lives they're involved in their community particularly their jobs and they don't take the time to actually think about what needs to be addressed, an issue that is bubbling under uh, the surface. Uh, and when it erupts, it will cover all of us. So yeah. we, we need to begin thinking about all of the, the uh, bad things that are going on behind the scenes. I mean it's, it's literally – Bad enough to believe that our own government is calling us domestic terrorists if we speak out against what the Democrats are putting out there and want to legalize.
1: Well, even further, the left has tried to normalize mental disorders. It's it's just amazing because if anyone went to the International Space Station and was up there for 20 years as an astronaut – working on it, and then came back down to earth, they'd be like, what planet am I on? What country am I in? Because it's ridiculous. And the left just continues to push this. The positive, or the silver lining is, light switch politics happens when things are so bad and so ridiculous and such an attack like what we're experiencing now. The economy's in the toilet. The border is open. Crime is rampant. And pick another subject. Everyone is feeling it in one way or the other, and they will not be honest with pollsters. They will not be honest with their friends, their family, and their colleagues on what they're doing. The only one who's going to know is them when they're behind that curtain and they're making those votes because enough is enough. We had to deal with four years of Jimmy Carter, which my generation, my age group, and younger have never experienced. I've read about it profusely. We are living Jimmy Carter years right now and we had to deal with four years of carter to get eight years of reagan and now we've had to suffer four years of biden and we'll get four years of trump god willing and hopefully whoever his vp is or another future leader will have another eight years so we can have a 12-year fix just like reagan bush did until bush blew it in 92
0: yeah well that's one of the things that uh, is I'm sure heavy, lays heavy on the mind of Donald Trump. Who should I choose as vice president? And that really is going to be the biggest choice that the man is going to, the biggest decision he's going to have to make. Because people who may not like him will see the person he chooses as vice president, as his successor, as someone they not just will tolerate, but someone that they like, and that person will have an opportunity to prove themselves to the electorate as well, being vice president. Uh, Donald Trump, uh, he made a mistake choosing Mike Pence. Nice man, solid, middle American kind of person, but he was not what our country needed, and Today, Donald Trump has a plethora of people that he can choose from that we are going to need in order to make our country great again. Because truly, Joe Biden, uh, Barack Obama, and all of the um, communists who are in the White House, in the West Wing, uh, they've done a job on our country. They've destroyed people with the January 6th production that they produced – Uh, We have yet to hear why they didn't get those so-called pipe bombs that were planted around January 5th around the Capitol. Uh, They knew about it. It was one of theirs that planted those bombs. And yet people are still thinking that it was all because of Donald Trump. How, How incredible is that?
1: Yeah and this is this is the sad part, you know, after things happen, it takes so long to uncover, dissect and reveal the truth. And it's it's unfortunate because we're still learning certain truths 60 years later in other avenues with the United States government and this is 4 years later with with this January 6th stuff. And you know, your point with the vice presidential pick, Trump was talked uh, he talked about that with Laura Ingram in that town hall earlier this week. And there was a bunch of names listed off and all all potential candidates. And what I'm hearing through the grapevine is that uh, Tim Scott and Christy Noem are at the top of that list. You know, you've got a governor in uh, Christy Noem from South Dakota and you got a senator from South Carolina and, and Tim Scott. Um, and then obviously the rest of the Republicans are hoping for a Ron DeSantis uh, dream ticket with Trump. And you never know. You never know. Remember, Donald Trump is highly transactional and he is he plays to win. Um, He did this with his own business and he does this in politics. And regardless of what's transpired before, um, Trump wants to win and he looks at things from a transactional standpoint. So, um, like you said, it's going to be a very important um, piece unlike anything we've ever seen in our lifetimes for now because of the Grover Cleveland effect that Donald Trump may replicate. Um, So that's going to be very important. And, again, it's dissecting and getting rid of this administrative state, uh, this deep state that has hindered his presidency and will no doubt hinder future presidencies of Republicans, and they got to dismantle it. And he knows that this time around.
0: Yeah. Brian Fitzherbert and Luke, thank you for being here with us. I really appreciate your giving up your... Uh, your hour of free time that you've got uh, to call in but no no uh, less um, are my feelings about having you on and being lucky enough to have you on every friday so have a wonderful day a wonderful weekend give smooches to mr Luke there give my love to Catherine, and have a wonderful weekend brian we'll talk soon
1: absolutely thank you Anne. i appreciate you having me on
0: thank, thank you, you. <laughs> bye anyway pray often pray well Um, Next week, hopefully, we've had callers calling in. Next week, hopefully, we're going to have all of the phone lines fixed. Uh, So please hang in there. Um, And know that you're loved. Know that you're not alone. If you didn't speak to me, you can always talk to God. And and let him know what you're thinking about, what's happening in this world of ours. So, uh, again, please take care of yourselves mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, and educationally, so you can take care of your family, your friends, your neighbors, and your community. May God bless each and every one of us. And may God bless the United States of America. I do love you. Live and local radio, you can depend on News Talk 1400 and 92.3. WOND, South Jersey's News Talk Leader. Listed online at the